0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms.
1: We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit SavageArms.com.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today we're talking about the Outdoor Foundation's Outdoor Participation Report. So this is a report that looks at participation in outdoor sports, outdoor activities countrywide, nationwide. It's not just a hunting report. So it looks at kayaking, camping, hiking, anything and everything like that, outdoor activities. And they look at what types of trends they're seeing. And we thought it was interesting. We drew some interesting parallels between... The outdoor industry as a whole, as compared to hunting. So interesting conversation. One caveat, one warning I need to give you. Um, After how many years of doing this podcast now, I still apparently make newbie mistakes. So I didn't have my good mic that I'm talking into right now plugged in at the beginning of this episode so you'll hear as we start talking about this report you'll hear um, some clicking that's me clicking around in this report some clicking or tapping hopefully it's not too terribly annoying for you we catch it there uh, in the middle and uh, I get things swapped over so just bear with me sorry about that there's some clicking or, or tapping you're gonna hear in this one. But before we get into that, and, and you get to hear my <laughs> my my newbie mistake, I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's Deer Sense is really Mastin's all kinds of sense because <laughs> they've they're they're really expanding into the predator hunting category. So If you're into predator hunting check them out mastinsdeersense.com is their website you can browse all of the different uh, scents that they offer and not only just the scents they offer but the types of scent products so scented gel crystals scented candles for all different, you know, it's not just deer. Uh, let me remind you, it's not just deer. They have, like, um, rabbit dander candles that you can use in their double scent stacker. So, lots of cool stuff going on over there at Mastin's. If that's interesting to you, if it's something you do predator hunting, check them out. Go to MastinsDeerScents.com, order right on their website, and ship it right to your house. Now, with that... Let's get into our conversation with Jacob, Jeff, and myself. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast.
0: Are you listening?
2: Alright, so today we, we've got uh, a few kind of main topics, but just some other sort of update conversation, another, um, we need a name for these, like hodgepodge type <laughs> episodes, um, I don't know, we'll have to think about that, but if you listeners have an idea on, you know, where we, we you know, it's not one main topic that we're going to discuss the entire time, let us know i'm I'm trying to think of a good name for that but anywho i guess let's start with updates anything you guys have been up to in the outdoors or i've got a a quick story i can start with
0: go ahead tell your quick story and then i'll all right tell you what i've been doing
2: so when before we before we pressed record i told you it's been kind of a crazy day well Part of the reason it's been kind of a crazy day is uh, our, as you guys know, the, the listeners might not know, we're on a cistern here. And so similar componentry to a well in that we have a pump here and a pressure tank that, you know, that's how we get water. Well, our pump started leaking over the weekend. It was leaking water on, onto the floor. That's no good. Yeah. And thankfully, Ella and I were down there. We've got some, um, like, I call them workbenches, but I think they were more like display benches that were installed by the previous owner. The reason I say that is they're too high to be workbenches. They're almost like chest level. Well,
0: yeah, it almost looks like he might have had, like, toy trains on them or something. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I think so, because when we came and looked at the house, before we bought the house, when we came down into the basement, these benches that are all around the unfinished part of the basement were covered in like Lionel train stuff. Trains and oh, like okay. the little the little shops and stuff that, you know, if you were going to build like a train scene. Right. And I don't know if he was buying and selling the stuff or, but yeah, it was all set up high. You know, it's not like, Countertop or, or workbench height, it was high. So, it's you can put stuff up on there, but it's not real practical as a workbench. So, anywho, long story short, we were down here over the weekend lowering all of that, and uh, I happened to walk down to the other end of the basement where the pump and the pressure tank and everything are, and there's water on the ground. Little investigative work, and I realized, crap, this pump's leaking call the cistern guy. He says, I can be there on Monday. I'm, I'm actually down in Southern Ohio for the weekend, but I can be there Monday. How bad's it leaking? I said, it's not, you know, we'll survive till Monday. So he's shows up today. He's doing his thing and he's in the basement and I can hear either, you know, I can hear some sort of audio playing. I don't know if it was a YouTube video or a podcast but i said that it sounds that voice sounds familiar and so i kind of stopped and i listened and he's down there he's got jeff sturgis I i know his voice right he's got jeff sturgis he's you know does uh like property whitetail property management and growing big deer and that you know that sort of thing all right and i thought oh wonder if that's why he was in southern ohio you know he's got some property down there or whatever he's a he's a hunter and so I asked him, you know, he was finishing up. I said, so you you down in southern Ohio, you, you got a hunting camp or something down there? He says, oh, yeah. And uh, so we got to talking deer hunting. And he's actually, he said, I don't know if you on, on YouTube. You, you, you seen uh, Jeff Sturgis? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, him and the other guys that own, they've got 40, 50 acres down there. Um, they're actually in September, I guess he said Jeff Sturgis is coming down. He's going to be in Ohio. He's got a, a handful of properties to to do work on. But yeah, he, they paid him <laughs> or they're going to pay him to come down and evaluate their property and give him you know write up a plan for them. So I don't oh,
1: That's great. Cool.
2: cool. Yeah. So not me that's per cool. se, but you know, I thought that was. I was like, well, I picked a good guy to <laughs> to work on my on yeah my, uh, there you go. here.
0: Well, like I mean kind of piggybacks off of what we talked about last week though too. Like you just never know. Yeah. Who is, you know, who is a hunter and who and it's not. Not every hunter wears camo and has a you know, big giant buck sticker on their pickup truck.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, but yeah, I uh my outdoors quick story I guess is uh my wife kind of surprised our family with the that we were going to pack up and go down to the camp down in Southern Ohio, the cabin, um, it was kind of a last minute decision. She decided she just maneuvered some stuff with work and made it happen. So that was nice. We went down there, um, enjoyed our time, took the kids down. They love it down there, you know, but I've had the bright idea that, you know, shed, it's time to look around for sheds. So, I have two little kids. I knew I wasn't going to get too much out of them, so we're going to go on one hike. You know, we went down late Friday, came home Sunday, so I figured Saturday, midday, if it's not raining, we'll do one trip. I'm going to make it a good one. Um, So there's an oak flat, if you ever, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about it in our previous podcast. It's one of our popular hunting spots down there on the top of this hill that flattens out and there's a bunch of oak trees up there holds deer uh it's a good i mean good spot to hunt we've killed a lot of deer dad kind of has always hunted up there we grew up with dad that was dad's spot so
2: right
0: i uh figured i got one shot at it so we're gonna hike on up to the top of this hill my thought being we get up there it clears out pretty nice once you're up there um so the kids, you know, will be able to kind of roam around and walk around and we don't have to like be right next to them, holding them up. So they're not falling in a briar patch. Um, so I figured we'll hike on up there. Well, we managed. I had to carry my son the second half all the way up the hill. So we get all the way up there. I'm sweating. He's telling me his legs don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Lily and my wife, Lindsay. Had, you know, they finally made it up and we weren't up there for 10 minutes and they were ready to go home after I hiked all the way up there with them. So So it was a failure. Oh, bummer. You know, my eyes were bigger than my stomach, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But I did end up finding one shed down there. Not on that trip. Um, We had take we went back to the cabin and laid my son down for a nap. And I snuck away as I do when I'm down there, I go on a short little walk and then that turns into a longer walk and that turns into being gone for hours. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, Oh, I'm just going to walk this flat. And then next thing I know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go up this hill and follow this trail. And I'm like, Oh wow. I'm nowhere near the cabin anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So, uh, I did find one shed. It was an old one though. It wasn't a fresh one. And believe it or not, it was in a spot where, we walked, I guarantee we walked right over it doing a deer drive this year, but with the weather and the snow, there's just no way you could have saw it, but yeah. it was right on a hill face that we did a deer drive across. So
2: Easy to walk past them.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but that was, that's kind of my extent of, uh, my outdoor time is we took a trip down South and had a good time, found one old shed, cut firewood. And kind of clean
2: the cabin up. So, cool, Jeff. You got anything?
1: Yeah. So, uh my, you know, this this fall deer season will will be a little bit more personal for me. Um, Tuesday on my way home from work, uh, I got off work a little early, uh, about four o'clock. You know, so uh, there was a lot of traffic. You know, people who got off off work at at four all heading home so there's a good amount of traffic going both ways on the road um you know it's a it's a two-lane road but you know country highway speed limits 50 or 55 and uh going down the road and there's a line of cars coming the other way and you know it's like four or five cars coming the other way And after the first car goes by, I notice, oh, wow, like like a deer just hit the side of the road on the other side of the, you know, and then turned back, you know, so as you know, between the first and the second car. Second car goes by and right behind it comes a deer. Nothing I can do. It runs into the driver's side window of my car oh i mean just smashes i mean it i you know boom and i (laughs) you know
2: so you were going full speed
1: i was going yeah i was probably going yeah there was nothing i can do the 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 most i did was turn my wheel a little bit you know to try to swerve a little bit um, but yeah, I, and I was probably going, I mean, I was going 55, 60 miles an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I whacked this. I mean, it was a boom. And I'm thinking the whole side of my car is torn off. You know, I mean, I whacked it. Yeah. So I, I you know, drive a little bit further. So like to find a place where I can. Pull off. I pull off. All the cars behind me go, you know, drive. I pull into a driveway. And I was like, well, first thing I should do is, you know, if if, if I killed this, this deer, I should get it off the road. You know, so I turn around to go back the other way. And uh, there was a car coming back the other way now who saw me hit that deer and you know like waves at me to you know roll down my window they he said you hit that deer right like are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm I'm fine you know and I'm thinking how does this guy not know that I hit that deer like you know I'm sure the whole side of my car is caved in <laughs> right you know <laughs> And, and then I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, and he looked at my, you know, looked at my car and said, yeah, I can, you know, I can tell now. Um, But I said, you know, did you see what happened to the deer? And he said, yeah, you know, you hit it. It fell down. I think the car behind you may have ran over it a little bit, but then it got up and ran off. You know, and it ran across this field and it, it's. You know, it made it all the way across the field and into those woods. You know, it oh, took wow. off. It it seemed to be fine. So I'm like, all right. So I then pull into another driveway, driveway of a business, and get out to look at my car. You know, because I'm thinking the whole car is just yeah. you know, going to be smashed up. I had a lot of mud, a lot of hair. Um, because where this deer hit its face. Like you could see a imprint of its face on my, you know, I have like a little, little window, uh, right by my rear view mirror. You know, like it's not my roll down driver's side window, but there's a little window there and it, its face, you could see an imprint of its face on that little window. (sighs) And then there was mud, you know, like, on my window and deer hair, like, in the trim of yeah. my back driver's side window. And then it just dented uh, a little spot right by the door handle and, uh, like, creased the door a little bit. And that was all the damage there was.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I
1: mean, it still is going to cost an arm and a leg to get fixed. Yeah, but I, it, it didn't do much damage. Um, had wow. I been a fraction of a second slower, that deer would have came through my my front windshield.
2: Oh man!
1: You know, I mean, I, I, I barely, barely, you know, hit it with the side. Well, it, it barely hit me instead of I me hitting it.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: You know, it ran into the side of my car instead of me hitting it.
2: I mean, even like a millisecond, right? It its head would right. have been in front of the A pillar instead of just behind All it. Right.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean, it was it was close. And I mean I was going full speed. You know. Not many people probably hit a deer going that ass. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm
2: Jeez. glad you're okay.
1: Yeah.
0: How close were you to home? Like is this a resident deer that you're
1: No, it was it was it wasn't too far from Jason's house actually.
2: Oh, okay. I was well, I don't so, know, Jason,
0: maybe... look for the Jason, you have
2: to look for the deer without a head
1: <laughs> Man, Well
2: <laughs> The blue paint smeared on the yeah. fur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Funny story,
1: actually my wife A friend of from of hers from work Lives You know, 100 yards From where I hit this deer Oh, really? Yeah, and they own a, a bigger chunk of property And we told them Like, go look You know, there might be A dead deer, you know, that got that I hit, you know, in your woods. And they 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 went out and looked just to see. And they said, no, we didn't see anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm. But I there I mean, there was nothing I could do. I. You know, I never would have expected a deer to cross a road like that. Yeah. You know, sneak in between cars like that. And yeah, I I whacked it <laughs> And I, I was on the phone you know, with my wife Actually, you know, I was on the phone Through the car speaker And I saw The first deer, And, you know, was like Oh crap, and Amber was like What? And then she just heard And then I said, oh crap, again And then she just hears Thud <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I said, you know, some profanities. And she's like, what just <laughs> happened? I said, I just hit a freaking deer. <laughs> oh, you know, because the first deer I was thinking, wow, that was a close call. You know, right. like had that deer stepped out into the road, that other guy would have smacked it. You know, there was nothing that other guy could have done. Right and then right i mean right on his bumper you know the end of his car this deer came across
2: wow well that sucks but yeah like yeah. you said it could have been could have been a lot worse yeah yeah all right so i guess along the lines of deer jeff you had mentioned that they they found the second wild deer in Ohio to test positive for CWD. You want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so uh the second you know, we've had just had the second uh wild deer in Ohio test positive for CWD. Um it actually was almost in the exact same area as the first deer that tested positive. Um the first deer that tested positive uh, was taken on private land, um, but it was very cl- close to Killdeer Plains Wildlife Area. Um, late season, they had a controlled hunt at Killdeer Plains Wildlife Area, and they tested all the deer that were harvested at that controlled hunt. And a mature doe from that hunt tested positive for CWD. So it was it was only it was within two miles of the the last deer to test positive. So I mean I guess it's a good thing that the you know it's all in one area kind of, you know, like but it's also really bad because it's that other deer wasn't just a fluke. Right. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just some freak accident or, you know, false positive, or whatever. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, I think that everyone kind of knew that that was doubtful, that it was just a fluke, but everyone was kind of hoping that that was what the case was.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I'm kind of surprised they didn't find more than that. You know, I would think you find one, and then you increase your testing in that area, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's here, you know. Yeah, but,
1: and I mean, yeah. it's kind of surprising where, where it popped up, you know, in Ohio. You know, I don't think we'll ever know how it got there. Right. You know, but it's it's surprising. Um, I guess a good thing, though, is that it is so close to a, you know, a ODNR owned property that they, they may have a little bit more control and resources to, you know, control the spread. You know, they don't have to worry about a lot of other landowners or, sure, you know, yeah. they, it's, I mean, the outbreak is on their property basically. So,
2: right. Yeah.
1: Maybe. May, Maybe that's a blessing. Maybe it's not. But it—it's definitely not what I think anyone would have expected of how CWD would come to Ohio, where we would find it.
2: Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, it like we did, you know, that episode in the past, and yeah, it's like it doesn't make a ton of sense, right? I mean, you would have expected it to slowly sort of migrate across the state lines from states that have existing known CWD cases, you know, and that doesn't really seem to be what's happened. Right.
1: Yeah. Or or whether it's justified or not, you know, uh, deer farms are seen as being a big big culprit. Right. So you would think like, oh, this deer farm, you know, had an outbreak of cwd and it got to the wild population but that doesn't seem to be the case here you know there there isn't really known captive deer populations in that area
2: right yeah so we'll continue to monitor that and and keep everybody updated as uh we find out more information and When we hear more things, you'll hear more things. So, so believe it or not, my dad just the other day got pictures of bucks still holding their antlers, but I think most of them have shed or will be shedding. And that means new antler growth and nutrition. So antlers require mineral and nutrition to grow. Does need nutrition for fawn development and producing milk for the fawns to nurse. So monster whitetail grub is what you need for that nutrition. Check them out. They've got their signature monster whitetail grub feed, which is a high protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in, which keeps the deer coming back. Even after the physical feed is gone, they have their straight mineral, which I know a lot of you like to run in the spring. We do too. So check them out, monster whitetail grub. Go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors, and there's links to, to get in touch with them order their product, and help your deer's nutrition this spring. I guess along those lines, though, as far as, you know, CWD and its potential impacts on, you know, hunter participation or, you know, people feeling safe to eat wild deer meat, Jeff also uh, brought up this 2020 outdoor participation report that was done by the Outdoor Foundation. Now, this isn't specific to Ohio. This is national, a national report. The Outdoor Foundation is out of uh, Colorado. But it's got, we could could and and may talk about this more because there's, it's a 25-page document and there's a ton of interesting information in here. So, they talk about uh, you know, demographics of people that are participating, the type of outdoor activities that they're participating in, um, you know, diversity, like Hispanic, Black Americans, Asians, Caucasians, uh, male versus female, youth. I think they, they break down youth into two different categories. um let me see if I can find that real quick. So they had, yeah, six, six to, 12. to twelve, and yeah, yeah. and then 13 like
1: thirteen to seventeen.
2: Yep, you got it. Yeah. So lots of information. And when I was originally looking through this, you know, because they pull out, uh, you know, they 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 put this report together. They obviously got their raw data, and then they put this report together and a lot of what they're talking about is you know hiking camping uh biking whether it's like BMX biking or mountain biking or you know and it's like well this is you know I feel offended that they left hunting out well then when you get to, when you get down into the actual data here hunting is in there it just doesn't it just doesn't rank as, you know, some of the key findings of, like, the most popular or, you know, gaining market share, if you will, among women or, you know, that sort of thing. So, that's why it wasn't really mentioned in the report. They did ask about it, but one one question, and I don't know, if Jeff, if you had more time to look into this, I was trying to understand... So, that the, the, the participate, participant activity, they have this table of participant activity, and they've got everything archery, adventure racing, backpacking, bicycling, and bicycling is bro- broken down into road, mountain, BMX, or just BMX biking, mountain on non paved surfaces. You know, so, they've got a couple different bicycling categories, bird watching, camping, and they've got a couple different camping categories. So, on and on and on. And so they're giving a, a number and then a percent. I, I'm not clear what that number is. Is that like participation days or? I think the, the number
1: is the number of outdoor recreants who said that they do that specific recreation.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So, yeah, the number of people that they surveyed who said that they do participate in outdoor recreation said that that is a recreation that they do.
2: Got it. So I guess that makes more sense, because I was thinking that it was, like, the number of days that people reported participating in that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if that's what they're reporting, that's not really a, a an accurate snapshot of hunting, I wouldn't say, because you have a very limited season in which you're allowed to hunt, right? A, right? a lot of, you know, biking, running, hiking, right, camping, some of that probably falls off in the colder months, but like, you know, hunting, it's, you're either allowed to do it. During this time or you're not, you know, and so I was like, right. oh, I don't know that this is super accurate. But if it, but if it's what you're saying, yeah, um, the number of people that reported participating in that, then that's yeah, I guess that's probably uh, a, a better like apples to apples comparison. Yeah.
1: And one thing I found very interesting You know, a data point that they had that I found very, very interesting was that of outdoor recreators, the percent that report hunting hasn't really gone down over time. You know, the number of people participating in outdoor activities has gone down. So so has hunters, but it's not disproportional. You know, hunting isn't disproportional. going down you know it's staying steady at about five percent
2: to the number of people that to the number of people that report participating in any outdoor activities right right? that yeah right
1: right so it's it's not necessarily a hunting problem it's an outdoor activity problem if you will
2: yeah that is interesting because they do that i mean that seems to be one of the big takeaways of this report, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll briefly read the, the executive summary here at the beginning, it says in two, so this is 2009, they don't have 2020 data, which would be interesting, you know, to see how COVID impacted this, but executive summary, in 2019, just over half of Americans ages six and older participated in outdoor recreation at least once, the highest participation rate in five years, however, nearly half of the U.S. population did not share in the proven positive health outcomes of physical activity that takes place outdoors. So, basically, uh, you know, I I thought that was interesting, I guess, that they also say the, the report highlights the enormous risks facing the outdoor industry. More must be done to change this trajectory for the health of the industry and the health of society. Collective action through philanthropy, marketing and policies at the local, state and federal levels can help bring individuals and entire communities to the outdoors and inspire a nationwide outdoor habit. So, yeah, I guess that sort of, Jeff, echoes your point in that everything is sort of trending down. I mean, we in the hunting community hear and talk a lot about hunting going down, but it's, it's, uh, bigger than, than just hunting, I guess. And they, they spend a fair bit of time in here talking about youth and they say the youngest participants, well, let me try that again. The youngest participants, children ages six to 17, were outdoors far less. Average annual outings fell from a high of 91 per year in 2012 to just 77 per child participant in 2019. This represents a risk to future industry growth. So,
1: Yeah, and this is the part that I think the most valuable piece of information from this is when you look at the non-participants, non-outdoor participants, when they ask them what outdoor activities they're most interested in um the highest one for both the 6 to 12 and 13 the 17 is fishing they're interested in fishing so uh, you know that that kind of falls on us yeah you know like uh that's that's a a problem our specific outdoor community can solve
2: And the second most is camping. Right. right? So like, while that's not always a part of hunting, it can't, you know, I would consider what we do down at deer camp, camping, right? I mean, we've got electricity, but, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a form of camping, I guess. We're not camping in a tent by any means. Right. But.
1: Right. And by the standards of this report, that would be camping too. You know, when they classify okay. what they classify camping as, um, you know, they classify car camping, RV camping, you know, all so, of the camping to get you outdoor gotcha. camping. You know, it's not just backcountry backpacking camping.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, so I...
2: And I
1: Another thing is uh, when they said by non, non-participants, um, by income bracket, everyone whose income, you know, the, the top income, like the, everyone whose income bracket was below 75000 a year, you know, the three income brackets, their top, uh, the top thing that they said that they would be interested in is fishing fishing and then followed by camping okay so uh, yeah that that kind of falls on us you know maybe you know we talk about a lot about you know getting kids hunting but maybe maybe fishing is a better gateway yeah you know there seems to be more interest and uh you know, it's easier to get a kid interested in something that they're already interested in than getting them interested in something new.
2: Right, you got to kind of meet them where they're at, and hopefully expand from there, or right. at least it would seem.
1: Right, and I, I mean, I, I feel like the that fishing is ranked so high because it's there. There is this interest in in wildlife without killing. Right. You know, the hunting would be ranked just as high if it wasn't if it didn't involve the killing. Right. You know, I think that's, you know, obviously with hunting, that's one of the, the hardest things to to cope with, if you will, is the taking of a life. Yeah. You know, and it's you have to kind of understand the circle of life to to be okay with that
2: right. <clears throat> yeah and, you
1: know so I I think there's a lot of there's a lot of interest in kind of our sector of you know hunting fishing camping foraging um, you know there's a lot of interest in that and that's the area that could really, grow and get people outdoors you know i i would assume if you did this you know study probably you know 40 50 years ago you know a lot more more people would be spending their time outdoors with fishing and hunting right yeah there'd be a lot less recreational swimming or uh you know Other things that they have here are martial arts and team sports. You know, there'd be less of that and more hunting and fishing.
2: Yeah. The other thing I thought sort of along those same lines is uh, this page here talking about most popular activities among young adults 18 to 24. And running is number one with 32.2% of young adults but hiking is number 2 with at 22% and I, I again like that feels you know hiking is you know some forms of hunting are kind of like hiking with like an uh, i don't know i don't want to say an end goal because a lot of times Hiking is like, yeah, I'm going to hike this trail or I'm going to hike up to this peak or, you know, whatever. But like hunting, you're a big part of hunting is a lot of hiking in the woods or. Right. Yeah. A lot of it's
1: taking your gun for a walk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you really break it down like that, I mean, like you said, what is the difference between hiking and hunting other than. If you're lucky, you get to harvest an animal you know i mean really all we're doing is a lot of hiking and a little shooting
2: <laughs> especially when it comes to uh you know jake and i's turkey hunting in the spring we do a lot of right lot of hiking, a lot of a lot of hiking right a lot of taking little the shooting. shotgun for a walk
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah I think that's but, yeah so yeah, yeah definitely i think it all of it just echoes it's all just a like jeff said it's like a transition from outdoor to indoor activity i think if we just get sometimes i feel like we try to bite off too big a pieces like we need to get more people hunting yes but i think we just need to get more people outside (laughs) yeah so that they can see what nature and the outdoors has to offer and then we go from there you know like if that's hiking you know what like bring someone instead of saying hey i'm going to take you hunting say hey i'm a, we're going to go hike around these woods all day and if you don't mind i'm going to carry my 22 with me and if we see a squirrel i'm going to shoot it right <laughs> really all we're doing is hiking
2: yeah <laughs> yeah that's, i so, mean yeah you know, it's, rephrasing the way you present it to people right or or i mean even without taking the 22 i, I think to your point just getting people interested in activities outside and then let them go on that journey right like everybody goes through this journey as a hunter as an outdoorsman where you know initially maybe it's just about killing something and you know that that to the uninitiated or, or the non-hunter that sounds brash, but like, I just want to get something right. And then, and then, you know, maybe your standards change and then maybe you want to learn more about the habitat and learn more about the animal in order to pursue it better, locate it better, whatever, you know, and you, and you go on this journey, multi-year lifelong journey. And so You know, maybe to your point, just getting them outside and teaching them a thing or two may be the thing that's like, huh, I you know, kind of like that. I want to do that some more, and maybe they eventually, you know, say, oh, I'm gonna, I went fishing as a kid. I'm gonna get back into fishing, or I'm gonna, you know, I've been fishing for a while, and and I, you know, I really like. Uh, catching and eating these fish you know what What else can I you know catch and eat you know can I catch a deer <laughs> and, uh, so yeah
0: well like and I mean we didn't do a ton of it growing up necessarily but I know my dad like our dad did they, they called them survivor weekends or whatever you know like they would leave school Friday And they wouldn't, you know, they would come home, drop their backpack off and they go out in the woods and not come back till Sunday night. Right. They would, you know, they'd camp, they would shoot what, you know, shoot whatever they're going to eat, catch whatever they're going to eat. And it's, I mean, it's just, that's just what they did. It was fun. It's cool to say like, Hey, you know what? I can survive out here on my own. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, there's, I think it's ingrained in everybody. I mean, that's, we're made that way. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of getting back to that. And in some cases, it's under a lot of layers of fear, doubt, whatever. You know, it's just yeah. getting back to the outside where, for lack of a better way to put it, where we belong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the concept of like a survival weekend, you know, would be pretty foreign to, kids nowadays you know, oh, you know yeah. like because it was i mean because yeah like i mean when we were growing up it was like, like oh yeah you know that that'd be something interesting to do you know but eh, we're gonna pack all the food we need right you know and i think now it would be like wait what like you want me to spend all weekend outside like no electricity um you know and like go hungry if i don't you know if i don't get food i'm gonna go hungry like what
2: yeah it'd be like there's wi-fi though right
1: right yeah and like (laughs) what what what's, (laughs) what's fun about that yeah you know like what what's the fun i'm not i'm not understanding
2: you know yeah yeah so if anybody's interested in jeff what's the best way to for people to find this document or are we going to put it up on the website or something what's how Uh, how should we steer people to to find this document if they want to look into this
1: yeah we could probably put it up on the website um if you also if you are interested in the organization uh i'm trying to think what their outdoorfoundation.org is the is their website so okay you can go there and uh you know find a lot of information um, you know i i think that this report is kind of the highlight of their stuff you know i mean they have other resources and data on on there but this report in my opinion is kind of the highlight of the organization and what they're putting out there
2: yeah and we i mean like i said there's a ton in this that i mean you could really pick this apart and uh, you know we're not gonna do that but there's certainly more in this than what we covered today so yeah
1: yeah for sure
2: so yeah worth uh at least a cursory uh review i would say and it you know like we said it seems like on one hand you know yeah things are, are trending downward but but for hunting it, it it was a little bit encouraging for me in that there's a lot of interest or seems to be a lot of interest in activities that are you know, not, not a big leap from hunting. There's, there's big interest in fishing, which is great. I love seeing that. And, you know, there's, you know, the hiking and camping interest, which isn't a big leap then to hunting. And so if, you know, we, as the current hunting population could, uh, you know, keep that in mind, tap into that you know it seems encouraging in some ways for the future of of hunting i don't know if you guys felt that way or not but
1: yeah i mean i i definitely felt it was you know encouraging that hunting and fishing isn't alone in (laughs) having decreasing numbers yeah and that yeah a lot of the the activities that there's interest in and a lot of the activities that are not necessarily growing but growing in proportion to others um, yeah aren't aren't a huge leap right you know because uh, in the past couple of years, there's been a, a slight uptick in archery, you know, which is just, just like recreational archery shooting. Yeah. Well, that's not a huge leap to uh, well, now I want to, you know, try to harvest the animal with right. this. You know, and uh it was almost almost twice as many people are recreational archery shooting as are hunting with a bow.
2: So that's oh, Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean that's interesting and that there's that's kind of an untapped market like there's yeah. a lot of people who are proficient with archery who all they need to do is take that that one step
2: right yeah. screw a broadhead on and right aim aim at yeah. an animal
1: right it's it's not a huge leap whatsoever right you know yeah. they have kayak fishing on here is you know like kind of a new growing You know, it it wasn't on the report uh, when they started making the report back in uh, 2007. Like, that wasn't even a category that people could say they participate in. And, you know, now it's on the list and it's a growing uh, activity. So, you know, uh, that's kind of another thing is potentially kayak hunting you know where you're floating down a river um either waterfowl hunting or you know deer hunting or whatever squirrel hunting you know that that may be you know the next big thing who knows
2: right yeah so all right well i think that's uh probably a good place to to switch it off like i said a lot more in this one And, you know, we may reference this in the future, but, yeah, we thought it was worth at least discussing a little bit. So, all right. That's it for this week. As always, thank you all for listening, taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast, and more importantly, share it. Share it on your social media pages, share it with your hunting friends, share it with your family. That means a lot to us. So, if you liked it, if you thought it was interesting, share it to your social media page. That would that would uh, really help us get the word out and help the podcast grow. So I think I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.